This morning we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, was buried and on the third day rose again with power and life and to great glory. And this morning he's seated on the throne of heaven. He's seated in power and authority. No one can question his judgment. No one can question his authority. He alone rules and reigns. And guess what? He's coming back. And he's going to reign on the earth. And you and I are going to see him, the face of our Redeemer. What a joy it is to know that this morning. If you brought a Bible, I'm going to invite you to go with me, please, to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're going to begin reading at verse 1. What a blessing to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. This passage is perhaps not the usual passage for uh, Resurrection Sunday. But I believe that more than, ex more than knowing the facts about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, important facts as they are, I believe God wants you to experience the resurrection. To know about the resurrection is one thing, but to experience resurrection power and life is an altogether different thing. And it is a promise and a blessing that God wants for every person in this room and every person within the sound of my voice. And so I want to read to you about one of the great resurrection promises that we find in the Word of God. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come alive. And I will put sinew on you, make flesh grow back on you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinew on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them. But there was no spirit in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Father, we honor you and we thank you today 
for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his cross, for his empty tomb. We thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, which he sent to the world. I ask now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I pray that you would anoint my uh, speech this morning, that as I speak, it would be covered by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray as well that you would cause our hearing to be sensitive to the voice of God and that we would be hungry for your truth. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen this morning. You may be seated. I want to mention three facts to you this morning. I've already mentioned them briefly, and I'm going to spend some time on the last fact. But the first fact is this, and all of this is good news for you and I this morning. Easter Sunday is a message to the world, and that is a message of good news. And this is the first fact that all of us need to be aware of. It is uh, a beautiful thing to know and to understand, but this is the first fact, and it's good news to know that Jesus is alive. Jesus was born just about 2,000 years ago, a place called Bethlehem. He lived for 30 years in obscurity. And then he had a ministry on the earth for a brief three years. And after that ministry, he was crucified on a Roman cross. And on that cross, he bore the sin debt and the penalty of man's sin as God made him the substitute for our errors and our sins against God. On that cross, God poured out his wrath, his anger, his judgment upon one man named Jesus. This man was a sinless man. He was a perfect man. He was the son of God in human flesh. Yet God poured out his wrath on him and God did to him what you and I deserved. He isolated him and separated him from himself. And on that cross, Jesus died the death of the sinner. The righteous died the death of the unrighteous. The good died the death of the evil. The God who knew no sin died the death of those who have known and walk in sin to this day. And then he was removed from that cross because it was about to be the Sabbath of the Jews. They quickly laid him in a tomb which was borrowed by a one from one of his friends. They laid him in that tomb not having enough time to really prepare his body for burial. They did the best they could, quickly preparing him for burial. They laid him in that tomb. The Bible said that they laid a great stone over the tomb. The entrance of this tomb was then sealed by a Roman seal. Because the Romans were afraid of some, uh, some uh, rumors that had been going around that Jesus would rise again. And so they placed not only a seal over the door of the tomb, but they also placed a great stone and go Roman guards to guard that tomb. Do you know that you really don't have to guard a dead man? At least that's as far as I know. You don't usually have to send Roman soldiers to guard a dead man. But Jesus, being dead, had guards around him because of the message which he had proclaimed. For he had said that if he was put to death within three days, he would rise again. And so, as it was that he spoke, they laid him in that tomb. They sealed it with that Roman seal. They put Roman guards up at that door. And then the scripture tells us, that he was in that grave for three days. 
And he lay there in, in silence as the body of the Son of God was in death. And the, tell, the Bible tells us that at the third day, early at the dawn of the third day, which would have been Sunday morning, the first day of the week, a, a sudden earthquake occurred. An angel came down from heaven and rolled that stone away. Those Roman guards, when they saw this, they fell as dead men to the ground because they knew that they were up against a power that they had no defense against. They fell to the ground as that stone was moved away. And they discovered what many would discover hence, what you and I and, uh, must know unto this day, that Jesus, whose body was laid in that tomb, was no longer in that grave, but that he was alive, he was risen, and that he is in, uh, in power and in authority over all of death. And can I tell you, church, that angel didn't remove the stone so that Jesus could come out. But that angel removed the stone so that you and I could go in and bear witness to the fact that we have a risen Savior, that we have a living God. Jesus is alive. And that fact is good news for you this morning. Because it means that you and I have hope. It means that you and I have the promise of a resurrection. It means that you and I have the hope of knowing that God is in control and that there is a, a man sitting at the right hand of God who intercedes daily on your behalf. Did you know that? That Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and he is praying for you every single moment of the day. Somebody shout hallelujah for that. You have a mediator between God and man. The second fact is this. You're going to see him again. Jesus is alive and Jesus is coming back. You know that the world today, it, it tries, our political system, our economic system daily tries with every effort to bring peace, to bring stability to our world. And man has not been able to achieve that. What we have instead is wars and terrorism and diseases that are out of our control. And it seems like every time we solve one problem, a new problem is created. And it seems as though there is no remedy for the dilemma in which man finds himself. But I'm telling you, friends, I have good news for the world today. I have good news for the political systems of this world. There is coming a day when Jesus is coming back to the earth. And he is going to establish his government and his kingdom upon the earth. And guess what? When he comes... First of all, he's coming in the rapture of the church. He's coming to take you and I who have put our faith in Christ to be with him in his presence. And then when he comes to reign seven years later, he's going to establish his kingdom upon the earth. And you and I are coming with him and we're going to reign and rule with him. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a kingdom which the world has never known. You say, Jesus, I wonder if Jesus is a Republican. I wonder if Jesus is a Democrat. Don't worry about any of that. Those systems will be dead and gone. Those systems will be over. You say, well, Pastor, well, we have Obamacare. Let me tell you, you're going to have something better. You're going to have Jesus care. Because in that day, when Jesus establishes his kingdom, he's going to establish his kingdom in peace and in prosperity and in health and in healing for the nations. And for the first time in the world, there's going to be peace. For the first time in the world, you're going to be able to sleep at night with your doors unlocked. 
You won't have to worry about somebody creeping through the neighborhood. There's going to be perfect peace. Jesus will be sitting on the throne of authority. Jesus is alive. And Jesus is coming back. But here's the third fact, the one I want to dwell on a little longer this morning. And that is that Jesus is alive. Jesus is coming back. But the fact is that because he's alive, you and I also will live. The fact that Jesus is alive means that you and I also have life. That you and I have the life that can be found after death, but we also have spiritual life in this world. You see, you don't have to die to experience eternal life. You don't have to die to experience the, the, the spiritual life that God gives. There is a life that you can know and that you can know it today. Jesus said it like this. He said, the thief came but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He's talking about an abundant life. A life that you can experience in him today. And this life is pictured in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet. Mightily used by God to tell future events. Many of the events in the, in the prophecy of Ezekiel have been fulfilled and many are going to be fulfilled in the coming reign of Christ. But Ezekiel in chapter 37, he says that a few things happened. First of all, he says that the hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of the Lord was upon him, and the Spirit of God moved him. It took him and carried him to another place. And I tell you, Kingsway Church, that if you and I hope to do anything great for God, we've got to have two things. The hand of the Lord needs to be upon us, and we must be moved by the Spirit of God. I told you last week that Jesus lived and worked in his ministry by the Spirit of God. I read to you how the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And so this morning, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and if Ezekiel the prophet needed the Holy Spirit, you and I need the Holy Spirit. You and I need the Spirit of God. Why? Because it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that the Bible says is alive and working on the inside of you and me. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is able to bring victory into your life and cause you to have victory over sin and victory over addiction and victory over your past and victory over abuse. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit that is able to change the way you think, the way you act, the way you, the way you reason. It's the, the Holy Spirit that is able to do that. It's the Holy Spirit that is the agent of resurrection. It's the Holy Spirit that is the agent of life. Jesus told us that if we have the Spirit, we will have life. And so Ezekiel said that he was moved by the Spirit of God. And he was lifted up. You can just imagine how exciting this is for, for a prophet to be raised up, to be moved by the Spirit. Usually when we're being moved by the Spirit, we think, oh man, good things are coming. This is exciting. But the Bible said that the, the Spirit of the Lord moved him and placed him in the middle of a valley. And right there, that's when we would start to say, wait a minute. I thought this was, uh, I thought God was going to use me in a nice place. I thought God was going to take me up to a mountaintop. Instead, God takes him to a valley. The Bible said that this was a valley full of dry bones. It was a valley full of death. 
is a valley full of dead hopes and dead dreams and dead men and dead women. And I tell you, friends, that this valley represents the nation of Israel, but it also represents mankind because man without God is dead. Man without God is not dying. He's dead. He's not sick. Man without God is dead in his trespasses and his sins. And man without God cannot have a life toward God except by the Spirit of the Lord. I've come this morning to speak to you because many of you this morning are living in the valley of dry bones. You look around and you see deadness. You see dead spiritual spirituality. You see that you used to have a prayer life, but you don't anymore. That you used to have a life in the spirit, but it's gone now. And you look around and you see dry bones. Maybe you look around and you see dry bones in your finances. Or you see dead dry bones in your relationships. You turn around and you see dry bones in your marriage. And you wonder, is there anything that can solve this problem? Is there any solution to the crisis that I'm in? The Bible said that the Lord asked Ezekiel this question. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones, do these bones have a future? Is there a hope? Is there a resurrection hope for this valley? Is there a resurrection hope for these dreams? And maybe this morning you hear God saying to you, do you believe that I can resurrect the things in your life that have died? Do you believe that I can resurrect your health and make you whole? Do you believe that I can resurrect your marriage and heal your relationships? Do you believe that I can save your prodigal sons and bring them to the house of God again? Do you believe that I can restore what you have lost? And maybe this morning you're like Ezekiel. And you say, well, I don't know, Lord. It looks pretty tough. It looks kind of impossible. I don't know if I can, if I, if I can believe you for that. You see, friend, God is looking for somebody that will say, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that if you could raise Jesus from the dead, that you can bring my life and that you can restore my life and those things that have died in my life. And so the Spirit of God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, Lord, only you know. You have, you have the answer. You have the power. You have the authority. And so God did something to Ezekiel that day. That you and I are going to have to, that God is doing to, to you and I this morning. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. Now let me just tell you about a little thing here. When you get called to be a pastor, you do not want to be put in a graveyard. All right, Everybody that gets called to be a pastor wants to be called to a flourishing, thriving church. But Ezekiel was not called to a flourishing, thriving church. He was called to a graveyard. He was called to a place of death. And maybe this morning you say, Pastor, I'm surrounded by deadness and dryness in my life. And it seems as though God hasn't given me a solution. Here's the solution. God says prophesy to those bones. Prophesy to that deadness. Prophesy to that thing in your life that needs the spirit of God and its touch upon him. What does it mean to prophesy? Does it mean your eyes roll back in the back of your head? You throw your, your head back and you start twitching and you start speaking in ecstatic utterances? No. Prophecy simply means this. Declare the word of the Lord. Can I tell you this morning, every single saint in this house can declare the word of the Lord. Everyone in here has power, resurrection power by the Spirit of God. If you're a believer, you have the power to prophesy. You have the power to declare the word 
word of the Lord. You're able to say, look, devil, you don't have any part in this family because we belong to God. And the Bible said that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. For this is the inheritance of the children of God. Come on, somebody. You've got to learn to declare the word of the Lord. You know what the problem is for many saints? They have fallen silent in their declaration. Or, or else they are declaring the opposite. They're declaring it can't be done. It can't be healed. It can't be restored. It can't be fixed. But you and I this morning have a God who raised Jesus from the dead. And he says to you, prophesy. Declare the word of God in your life and in your situation. Declare the word of God. I loved uh, how, how uh, Pastor uh, uh, Deacon Channel used to sit right here on the front, and he would say, preach it, Pastor. And, you know, all he was saying was prophesy, Pastor. Well, you say, Pastor, this morning, I don't know if I could preach. I don't know if I could prophesy in my situation. It's kind of hopeless. It's kind of uh, in despair, Pastor. I don't know if I could declare God's word. Well, you just sit there and listen because God has sent somebody this morning to prophesy to you and to tell you, live, live, live. You can live in the name of Jesus. I prophesy to the deadness of your marriage. Live. I prophesy to the deadness of your relationships. Live. I prophesy to the deadness of your health. Live in the name of Jesus. I declare the word of God to you. You don't have to stay in that valley of bones. There's life for you. There's life for you. Well, Ezekiel started to prophesy. And as he began to prophesy, the Bible says that a noise came into that valley. You know, dead things don't make noise. But when you start to declare the word of God, things start popping. Things start crackling. The old and the dry begins to move. And when you and I put the word of God in our mouth, and we began to prophesy to those dead things in our life. We began to declare not what man said, not what the pastor said, but what God has said. And you know, friends, that is my obligation to you. I have only one obligation to you. I don't have to make you happy. I don't have to give you honey. I don't have to make you like me. I just have to declare what thus saith the Lord. And if I do that, I know that God will bring life into you and that God will restore the broken and the shattered things in your life. He heard a noise. I don't know what the noise was. I don't know if it was a loud noise or a soft noise, but all I know is this, that when you are in a graveyard and you hear a noise, something is happening. Is there any noise in the house of God this morning? Let me just give you a picture. Let me just paint you a real clear picture. Look around us. This city is a graveyard. This city is filled with dry bones. This city is filled with people who have lost hope, who have lost their joy, who have lost their peace, have lost their way. The city is filled with people that have lost all that they ever hoped they could have. They're living in a world that is bound, in a world that is in darkness, in a world of bitterness. But this morning in the midst of this valley, this morning in the midst of Beeville, this morning in the midst of the coastal bend region, there is a crackling of the bones. There is a noise that rises out that says, hey, don't count us out. There's still life in this place. There is still life in this city. And guess what, church? As long as there is a church alive, as long as there is a Christian alive, there is hope for this city and for this world. Come on, somebody. Make some noise in the house of God this morning.
The Bible said that as he prophesied, the bones started to move. And the foot bone attached itself to the leg bone. And then the leg to the hip. And the hip to the back. And the back to the shoulders. And the arms to their place. And the neck to its place. And the head to its place. And now you had a skeleton. But that wasn't it. He kept prophesying. He kept declaring the word of the Lord. You see, many times you don't get your breakthrough because you see one thing happen and you stop prophesying. You stop declaring what God has said, but you got to keep preaching. You got to keep witnessing. You got to keep praying. You got to pray and keep on praying. You got to pray until everything that you're asking for has happened in your life. And so the Bible said that that muscle began to grow on those bones. And as the muscle began to grow on those bones, then skin came over those bones. And now that valley was filled with no longer just bones, but now it was filled with corpses. All right, God, you brought them this far. They now have, uh, they now have a, a structure, and they now have muscle, and they now have skin. But prophesy, Ezekiel. Keep prophesying. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Can I tell you this morning, this is God's message to you. Prophesy. Don't give up. Don't quit. Let the word of God be richly in your mouth. Let God's word be in your prayers. Let it be in your going down and your, and your rising up in the morning. Let God's word fill your mouth and fill your heart. And so the word of the Lord came to him and said, Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the wind. That word wind is really the word spirit. He was saying, Ezekiel, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask that God will come and revive the corpses that lie before you. Can I tell you this morning, this is still God's remedy for you. On this Resurrection Sunday, God tells you, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Spirit of God to breathe fresh life into you. To breathe fresh life into your spirit. Oh, you say, Pastor, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I really need all of that. I don't know if I really need to get all excited and, and all that noise and stuff. You know, I just like a, a quiet little life. But you see, friend, you're dead. You're dead if you think that way. Because there's more to spiritual life than just coming to church every once in a while. There's more to spiritual life than just Sunday morning. You know God wants to empower you every single day of your life. He wants to empower you every morning. When you go into work and you have a meeting, He wants to go with you. When you go into uh, apply for a job, He wants to empower you there. When you go and speak to your children to correct them, He wants to be there too. When you go to restore relationship, He wants to be a part of that. And you and I must know that God has more for us than we've ever dreamed of. And this morning he says to you, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the breath of God. Ask for the wind of the Spirit to blow upon this valley, upon that place in your life where you've given up, that place in your life where you don't think there's any hope, where you don't think there's any solutions, where you've said, God, I've already tried everything. Let me tell you, friend, God wants you to open your mouth and prophesy and declare his word. He wants you to believe him. And he said this, ask for the Holy Spirit. And as he prophesied, as he declared that word, I'm reminded of what Jesus said. He said, if you will ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give you the Holy Spirit. God's not going to give you anything less than life. 
Listen, friend, Jesus did not die on the cross and rise from the dead so that you could have half a Christian life. He died on the cross and he rose from the dead so that you could have all of life, an abundant life, a full and complete life in him. And this morning he says to you, ask for the Holy Spirit because you see it was the Holy Spirit that came into that borrowed tomb. And brought life to the lifeless body of Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit that has to come into your life. And bring life to your lifeless situation. Listen friends. What America has is a God problem. And the only answer is a God solution. Are you listening this morning? The problem in our nation. The problem in our city. The problem in your life is a God problem. Why was this valley full of bones? Because they had rejected God. They had put distance between them and God. And so, friend, if you want life in your family, you've got to have God in your family. If you want life in your city, you've got to have God in your city. And you have to, this morning, decide, I want, I want the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to come into my life, to come into my spiritual life. I'm speaking to Christians this morning. I'm speaking to men and women who I know are in need of revival. Who I know are in need of the breath of God. Why, pastor? Because if you're living the Christian life, friend, you're going to have daily needs for the Spirit of God. And if you go one week without Him, and then you go another week without Him, and another week without Him, what sets in is dryness. And out of that dryness is death. The Bible said the demon spirits hang out in dry places. So you and I this morning, God has given us a solution. He says, prophesy to the wind. Speak to the, to the Holy Spirit and ask him to come. Ask him to come and fill you. To come and renew you. To come and straighten out the things that are lacking in your life. The scripture said, that he said, come, come from the four winds, O Spirit of God, that they might live. The Bible said that as he prophesied, the Spirit of God came into that valley. The Spirit of God began to breathe upon those lifeless corpses and brought them to life. They stood up, and the Bible said they stood an exceedingly great army. Can I tell you, friends, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made possible not just one or two resurrections, but it has made possible the resurrection of a countless army of believers who will rise up and say, I am alive today by the glory of God, by the power of the Spirit of God. And this morning, you and I have been given this instruction, prophesy. Now, I know, I know that some of you are thinking, Pastor, I don't know if I could do that. Friend, the Bible says this, that if you will confess with your mouth, that's a prophecy right there. That's a declaration. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. What are you doing? You're confessing. You're declaring God's word. You're saying, God, I believe you. I believe what you promised. I believe what you've spoken. And I'm not going to quit believing until I have seen it in my own life. Until I have seen it in my own heart. On the morning of the resurrection, 
there was a handful of women that came to the graveside of Jesus. They thought they were going to finish embalming his body and prepare him for his, for his forever burial. What they didn't know was that the Spirit of God had come into that tomb and brought life to the lifeless Son of God. I believe this week there's some people that are going to try to go by your graveside. They're going to try to go by your house and say, let's see how far they've gotten with this church thing. There's going to be some people that say, well, we'll see how long this lasts. They're going to, they're going to go by to see the dead things in your life. Here's what I want them to see this week when they go by to celebrate your defeat. I want them to say, oh, this tomb is empty. This graveyard is empty. Breath has come into the graveyard. Life has come into the graveyard. Come on, somebody. Do you believe God this morning? Would you stand up with me? Here's what I want you to do. All over this room, I know there are needs. There are impossibilities that you are facing. They might be health impossibilities. They might be financial impossibilities. They might be relationship impossibilities. They might be emotional impossibilities. You say, I don't know. I don't know how to get out of this. Maybe some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm dead this morning. My spiritual life is dead. I need God to move upon me. And you know, the fact is, some of you, are so dead spiritually that you don't even know you need God anymore. You're just here because it's Easter Sunday. But can I tell you, there's a breath of God in this place. I said there's a breath of God in this place. And it's waking things up on the inside to tell you you're not just anybody. You belong to God. You're a child of God. And God has a future and a hope for your life. And so if there's anything in your life this morning that you say, Pastor, I need God to breathe on me. I need God to move on my life. I want you to come into this altar this morning, and we're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord over every one of those situations. Come on, don't wait any longer. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I need God to breathe upon my life. I need God to breathe upon my situation. You say, I need God to move, Pastor. This morning is your morning. The Spirit of the Lord is calling out to you. He's telling you this morning, I'm going to revive your hope. I'm going to revive your faith. I'm going to revive your spirit. I didn't die on the cross and rise from the dead. Just to leave you hopeless. I have come to give you life. And that more abundantly. Father in the name of Jesus. This morning we stand on the authority of your word. We stand on the power of the word of God this morning. That word which cannot lie. And we prophesy. We declare the word of the Lord this morning. We declare live. Live. Live, live. You don't have to die hopeless. You don't have to go on in darkness. Live this morning. I call for hope to come to life. I call for faith to come to life. I call for renewal of your strength in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. Just lift your hands to heaven all over this house. And just re receive the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive that life-giving Spirit in the name of Jesus. Live. Live again. Live. Hallelujah. Oh, come. Come on, just ask for the Holy Spirit this morning. Ask Him to come and breathe life into your situation.